Morning, team. Oh, I'm stiff this morning. Oh, do you know, you know, some mornings you come in and you think, oh, crack it. I need massage before I start this programme, because I think I've slept on my neck again. You know, so I know we all sleep on our neck, but I'm convinced last night I must have done something completely different. Because I woke up and I was sitting in the back of the car this morning, because I've decided some cars are not designed for me. Some cars are designed for me and some cars aren't designed for me. Because you come in and I like to sort of lie down, not lie down, but sort of shift my bottom down on the back seat. So I've got my neck actually resting on the back bit. And some cars are quite well padded. Others, you get here and you're like, I can't move my neck. This morning it was quite comfy. We kind of whizzed in. It's all very nice. Do you know, I can close my eyes on the journey in and I can, I know exactly where I am at any one particular time. I can tell by the, the so in other words, if ever I got kidnapped, please God soon, and, uh, and I was blindfolded, I could tell them the journey. Because, you know, you go along here, and I know that exactly coming out of my place, I know exactly where we go, the right turns, the left turns. I can tell, when, when it goes a bit bumpy, I know exactly where we are on the Brompton Road. I know exactly when all of a sudden we come to us, and then we do a sharp right. I know that's at the end and that's by Scotch Corner in Knightsbridge. And then I know if we're going under the tunnel, because all of a sudden it gets very light. And I can do all this with my eyes closed. Phenomenal, isn't it? Absolutely phenomenal. For some reason, actually, Manda, Manda, we've got no, no tellies on in here. I can't tell what's happening today. And today is, yeah, again, this Nick. <laughs> actually, he was a lot... I was, I was quite right. It, we all do the same thing. I've, I've known a lot of other presenters who put papers on the floor... You know, whereas I can't reach them on the floor. I can barely move as it is now. But but you end up... So I have to put them on, on the desk next to me, so I sort of shove them over there. He arranges them on the floor, which obviously suits it. Everybody's got their own little... What's the matter? Oh, it's it's, oh well, well, well stand on a chair then, for goodness sake. Why can't they give me somebody tall? <laughs> Why do I have to end up with the one who's working with Snow White and six other people? I mean, come, oh, here we go. Look at this. Hank, cling on to the television. <laughs> Why don't they put the on... Oh, where is it? We don't know where the on switch is, do we? Oh, it's, it's something's come on. Oh, it's gone off again. Sorry about this at home. Just, just you know, just sing along to yourself while we're sorting this out. Something's happening. It warms up, doesn't it? I remember years ago, tellies used to warm up really, really... So, oh, that's it. That's good, isn't it? Yes, yes, if you can. Oh, here we go. Moan, moan, moan. Sure sign, it's Friday, isn't it? Moan, moan, moan on the programme. It is the last day, though, for Graham Cole on the bill. He's done goodness knows how many years. And uh, he sent me a thing saying, it is the last day I shall be driving in. But I bet you anything, he's got panto lined up and everything else. So if you end up with a strange uh, card on your computer, Graham, it's from me. Just in case you look at it and think, I'm not opening that up. I've got no idea what that is. It'll probably say Jackie Lawson on it or something like that. You have received a card from Jackie Lawson. I promise you it's not spam. You can open it up quite safely. And it's just for you. I sent that this morning. So I just thought I'd tell you that now. I'm feeling in a very good mood, actually, because I'm going to go and buy the Christmas wreath for the door today. And I know it's September, but I don't care. I don't believe... All these people who go, bar humbug, the people who don't do Christmas, or it's too early. It's never too early. Never, ever too early. It's always, as far as I'm concerned, I, I could have the house decorated like Hansel and Gretel's place. You know, all year round, I could live in that. I could work in Disneyland. They were showing you a thing on the telly the other day, not on the telly, on YouTube, about how they decided to decorate uh, the castle in the middle of Disneyland. And so they wanted all these lights on it, but the easiest way to do it was to get fish netting 
paint it the right colour to match the roof tiles, and then weave all the LED lights in. So the castle looked like it was all covered with fairy lights, but in fact it was just netting that was dyed different colours. Green for the roof and grey for the battlements, and then just threaded through with lights. And I think they used 42,000 LEDs. Roughly the same as we have at Allen Towers, I have to tell you. At the moment. I walked out this morning and they're all blazing away like crackers. And I love it. And somebody sent me in a, a card that they, they saw in a shop. And it's come all the way from Orpington. And it's from Joe. And she hasn't opened it. She's actually, she said, I saw it and thought of you. And strangely enough, it's from Marks and Spencers. And the card's got two people on the front. And one says, hi, I'm Steve. And the other bubble says, hi, I'm Steve. And it says, Steve went on holiday to find himself. So she saw it and thought of me. Nice, isn't it? Thank you very much indeed. And uh, Corinne and Tony, thank you very much indeed. They've got new additions at the bottom. They are comparing the milkat.com, compare the market.com. You know, everybody does that now, don't they? Everybody does it. And, uh, and Jason, I think it's Jason, is it? It is Jason from Sunbury. He sent me my first Christmas card. It's not the first one. We have had a Christmas card on the programme before. And, of course, as far as I'm concerned, better send them now. You know, better to send them. There's no point in sending them too late, is there? You don't want to sort of have to start worrying about, you know, did I send so-and-so a Christmas card? Because last year I was really lax. Last year I, I left it till the last minute. And unfortunately it got too late, so I didn't send cards last year. Bit naughty. Hang on. Mm. So anyway, so I'm feeling in a particularly good mood. The good mood being because yesterday we did Alan Wicker. And I can only tell you... The man is a legend. I can only tell you that he was absolutely... Thank God I get them first in the morning, which is great, because by the end of the day, I reckon a lot of the celebrities that are doing the rounds, plugging their books or whatever it is, are sort of are wilting a little bit. So I got him at 10 o'clock in the morning, which was fantastic. He was lovely. And what we're going to do is we're not going to put it out as an in-conversation. We're going to put it out as a special feature this coming Sunday. So on in-conversation, you're going to get Tony Capron... Brian, Brian Capron. I've got Tony on the brain today because it's Tony Stamp. And so it's Brian Capron, who you remember was that nasty little piece of work in Coronation Street and was also in Grange Hill. And uh, he'll be joining us. And then on the Sunday breakfast programme, we'll have that interview with Alan Wicker. OK, it's not a hugely long interview. It's a, we, we've sort of cut it down to about 20 minutes, I think, something like that. So, uh, so that'll be Sunday. I just thought I'd tell you that now. So today I thought I might go out and buy the wreaths. The wreaths for the front door. Because I don't know, some people don't do wreaths on the front door. I do. And in fact, I might even have three wreaths on the front door this year. Because they do them in... Although, well, I'm, see, I'm trying to, I've got to gauge how big the front door is. I've got a thing that you hang over the top of the front door. It's a wreath hanger. And you, you hang it over, and then you just hook the wreath onto it. But these wreaths at Costco, they do them... I think they're about 29 quid. But one is silver, one is gold, and one is red. I don't think I've got to have one of each. There's no, because I might get home and go, it doesn't match in with anything. So I might have to change the colour of it. And I have had a wreath that my friend David made years ago. David had a, uh, he's had a fantastic company, which is still going, called Brodie and Hicken. And they're landscapers. And David made me this wreath a long time ago. And he put on it, he put um, uh, dried oranges, slices of oranges on there, sandalwood. It was a real proper, proper Christmas wreath with fake um, wreathy stuff round there, fur, fur cones and everything else. No, the fur cones were real. But he put on all this other stuff, which makes it smell nice. And I've had it since he died. And he died probably about, pff, I don't know, it's probably five to ten years ago. And I've always, every year, I put the wreath on the door 
and I haven't had to do anything to it at all. One or two bits have fallen off, but it still looks good. But I thought this year I'm just going to hang on to the wreath because I can't get rid of it. Can't get rid of something that somebody made for you. And just in case he's watching from wherever. So I might go and buy these other wreaths, then come back, put them on the front door, see what they look like, and then go and get the other two as well. Because if, because if, if I don't like them, or if they don't fit, I'm the sort of person who gives them away. So, in fact, my friend Lynn could probably have one on her front door, and then I could give one to my brother, because my brother gets all the stuff that I've got no room for. He's, of course, really thrilled. He goes, oh, look, more stuff. Hurrah. And so if I turn up this weekend for him, because I've got to off- offload some stuff, he's going to be getting liqueur chocolates this week and mince pies. He doesn't know this. And there's a very good chance he's going to get a wreath as well. He doesn't know this. He just thinks I'm popping down to get some r- rid of some of my old DVDs, poor soul. So he's going to be getting the Christmas wreath. He'll be going, oh, that's nice. Because last year, I do remember, he did have a wreath on his front door, but it was a bit of a feeble wreath. You know, it wasn't exactly what you call, way proper. This is, this is a proper Christmas wreath. I know it winds people up when I talk about Christmas. <laughs> I'm quite happy about it, actually. And Kara says, you were talking about spiders the other morning. I opened my front door to leave for work. And my face got covered in a big spider's web. Oh, don't I get that? You know why? Because by my front door, I've got um, a fig tree, huge fig tree, and I've got lots of plants and hanging basket. And sometimes the spiders, little tinkers, um, and and they they spin a web, and it goes across from one plant to the other. So when you walk out your front door, you know what it's like. You get oh oh, somebody's touched me, and then you think because I have sat in the car before. This was ages ago, and and I thought oh. I keep feeling something. There was only a spider crawling up my shirt. Oh, how sick was I? Not nice. Get five, Steve. Have the Olympic rings. Yeah, I would, actually. I I might get... No, I can't get five. I'd give them away to people at work. You know, I mean, I see Hugh Hugh Broom's house as, as being very festive. I see a fire burning in the grate and, you know sort of, you know, I don't know, just sort of... I see him being very festive at Christmas. He's miserable at Christmas. I was talking to him about trees the other day, and he just doesn't... I don't think he does stuff like that. But I I see a wreath on the front door. You know, Merry Christmas from the Broom family. I see on their Christmas cards. I never got a card from him, strangely enough, last year. I don't know why. We were... Were we here last year? Yes, we were, actually, because I remember putting my, my one piece of sad tinsel around the television, and then I put it in the studio, and people kept taking it off the, uh, the microphone. Do you remember... It'll be that James Whale. He'd be coming around going, that blooming Steve Allen, he's put tinsel around the microphone. Well, I'll tell you this year, I'm stapling it to the microphone. Ain't nobody going to deprive me of uh, Christmas. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Oh, brilliant news. Bri- I couldn't be happier. Remember Charlotte Church? You remember that voice of an angel when she was young? Now she's voice of a foghorn with a foul mouth. Do you remember she went out with that bloke, Kyle? 12 years in prison. 12 years, found guilty of, uh, of trafficking heroin. Fantastic. I tell you, Kyle, they're really looking forward to you in there. They're really looking forward to you. Pretty boys in prison, 12 years. Oh, you'll have so many years to adapt, won't you? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. That was the best news I heard yesterday. That was the best news. I remember thinking, it's about blooming time, isn't it? Somebody start a 10... I mean, it wasn't any small amount of heroin. £10 million. Stupid boy. But 12 years in prison. What, what time you'll have to reflect, Kyle? on whether or not you should actually sleep face down in the bed or face up. And whether or not they'll have to put you in a separate cell. They'll be looking for... They love celebrities. They love them in prison. They really do, especially people like you. Quarter past five is the time. News headlines. Ceremonies will be held in New York and London later to mark the eighth anniversary of the terror attacks on the World Trade Centre. 
A cervical cancer vaccination programme is being sold on the high street. Boots are offering a series of three injections to women aged between 18 and 54. Boris Johnson's going on a four-day trip to New York tomorrow with the aim of attracting American investment to London. And the weather for today, a dry day ahead with a mixture of cloud and sunshine, the high of 20 degrees centigrade. <laughs> How funny. Anyway, let's have a check on the state of the... Oh, here he is, Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Uh, Clapton Common, the A107 in four. Morning, everybody. Nice to have company. 17 minutes past five. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. I don't care. Um... I was quite surprised, says Dorman. You said that Steve will be off for a few weeks. So I thought, in my confusion, I went, what? I know, it's one of his longest holidays, I think. Where he's going, I've got no idea. Probably sitting at home decorating. You know what he's like nowadays. The risotto recipe had me very amused yesterday. Having risotto without the rice would be like having apple pie without the apple. And the problem is... What does it explain to me? Actually, yesterday, I didn't have meat. For one of the first times ever, I normally either have meat or fish, I do something. And I had, because I had a craving for it yesterday, cauliflower, yes, cauliflower cheese, cauliflower and cheese. I was talking about it and I bought it yesterday and I had it with some roast potatoes. Woo, yum, yum, yum. Yeah, cauliflower cheese with roast potatoes. And I had two Yorkshire puddings. Way, but they were the big Yorkshire puddings. How yummy was that? That was really, really yummy. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Anyway, uh, right, paper. I, there were certain things I've got to mention to the in, in the papers to you, so I want to be fairly quick. I do like, they, they had to get it, didn't they? A picture of Camilla. She goes to Waitrose, because you know that Waitrose have taken over the Duchy of Cornwall stuff. They're going to increase the range. Anyway, for some reason, Charles was in there the other day, and Camilla bought a few bits and pieces and bought one of these bags. And on the front of it, it's got, I'm an old bag from Deptford. So, of course, they've got pictures of Camilla holding this bag with I'm an old bag from Deptford. I don't think she realised what it said on the front of it. She just probably thought she was holding up a recycling bag. But it says on it, I'm an old bag from Deptford, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, Emergency talks to stop the X Factor clashing with Strictly Come Dancing erupted into a slanging match. So now, Barbara Windsor, I'm told in the paper, is not allowed to do an ITV chat show. By the same token, somebody from ITV is not allowed to do a BBC chat show. Now, years ago, I have to tell you, this is nothing new. LBC used to have a list of people who would not be allowed to appear on the station. And there would be a list. It would either be celebrities who had been booked to appear, but who had cancelled at the last minute, thus providing expense for the company. You know, you, what you would do is you would, you would send a card, uh, sorry, a car for somebody, and the car would sit outside the house, and then eventually the driver would phone and go, listen, I've knocked on the door, there's nobody there. So we had a band list, and there were all sorts of famous people on the band list of, of people that you wouldn't have on the station again. And then the, the other thing was, you would never, ever put on... Oh, bless. Oh, that horrible coffee again. And the... Do you want a mince pie? Do you want a mince pie? Sorry, uh, which bag is it? Pass, pass me the big bag. So let me just do Christmas here, just for a moment. Yeah, and so we had all sorts of people on it. Also, we, we, we would never have had on radio presenter DJs. So you would never have them. No, not in that bag. This one, look here. Look at this, how exciting is this? Actually, there's one, one for each of it, there's just two left. Luckily, it's another box. Do you want to take two in? Merry, yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Deck the halls with boughs of holly. And my present... La, 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 la. Where is my present? Where is my present? I'm supposed to bring presents in. Oh, I haven't been good enough to have a present. So we had all this, this list of people, so it comes as no surprise to me when, when somebody says, oh... You know, we're, we're not going to put Barbara on this or that. It's got nothing to do with Barbara. It's got to do with the fact that there's rivalry between the stations. Why on earth would you go out and plug? We used to have a managing director years ago. 
And, it, it, and it's quite an interesting concept. Who said, I don't want to hear television programmes plugged for the simple reason, we're a radio station. You don't want to plug a television programme so you go, oh, look what's on telly at the moment, and the people go, oh, we'll flip over. That, that, that's a very dangerous concept, so you, you never do anything like that at all. So that's why, as I say, I'm not at all surprised. The wags are in the paper again today. Poor old Alex, whatever her name is. Is it Alec, um, oh, I can't remember her name now. Alex Ger- Gerard, Stephen, Alex Curran. Do you know, she looks so old and haggard, poor soul. She's got that fake hair. She's got the big round fat face. It just, you know, everybody else looks young. She just looks like she's sort of on her second wind or something. Wind being the operative word. And you would think, actually, that Whoopi Goldberg... You couldn't get a more Jewish name if you tried, could you? Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, had a good nose for sniffing out a guest. But in fact, she, she has a chat show in America and she put Vicky Beckham on there because basically they've obviously run out of ideas. And Vic has got uh, a perfume to promote and it's called Signature Story. I mean, as if she's had anything to do with it. But, I mean, she, she's got this, this, this fragrance to flog and so they stick her on Whoopi Goldberg's show. I don't know what sort of audience it gets. I mean, not, not obviously particularly brilliant. And then Whoopi Goldberg suddenly... Re- obviously, the researchers book Vic to go on the show to talk about her, her perfume. That I mean, it's the biggest pile of poo you've ever heard, ladies and gentlemen. You know, people talk about perfume. They've got no idea how to create perfume. They just go, oh, it's got bergamot and it's got this and that. And, of course, it turns out that Whoopi Goldberg uh, is allergic to scent. So they went, no, listen, you can come on, you can talk about it, but you can't get it out and we can't spray it. And so they have to give out goodie bags to the audience. So they've had to give away 250 bottles of it to the audience. Under the strict instructions, you are not to open it in the studio because Whoopi Goldberg has an allergy to scent. Well, of course, if I had my way, I'd be saying to it, OK, now spray, spray. What do you reckon, Whoopi? Oh, look, she's keeled over. Keep going. Amuse me for the day. So 250 bottles given away in their free goodie bag. Because if you go to an American audience chat show, you get goodies over here. We used to actually, for the last resort with Jonathan Ross, they used to give you booze beforehand. That's why the audience was so hyper on the last resort, because everybody was tanked up. It was fantastic. Uh, the JLS boys uh, swerved the swanky supper at the GQ Awards. What on earth were you doing there, boys? You weren't nominated, were you? What was this? Best miming act, I should imagine. They've disappeared, haven't they, really? Poor old JLS. They got loads of coverage and then pfft, disappear. Disappear. But anyway, they decided to go to Nando's so they could pick up their favourite peri-peri chicken. Real class act, boys. That's the best way you can get into the papers. Best way. I must tell you that it was eight years ago on this day that the Twin Towers were blown up. And you know, if you've listened to LBC for any length of time, that we were the ones on my programme that broke the news. And it happened at the end of the programme. Ten minutes remaining of my programme. Ten to twelve. I was due to hand over... Well, I did hand over to Julia Somerville. And at ten to twelve, uh, Alan, our correspondent in America, phoned up the newsroom and said, put me on air, put me on air. And they went, well, you're not due to go on air. To Put me on air now. So they put him straight through. And I got Alan in New York. And he said, I don't know what, what's going on, Steve. He said, but there's something happened at the, at the Towers. There's something... Ha- I said, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a fire that's broken out or whatever. We didn't know at that time what had happened. All we knew was, all of a sudden, there was an explosion and smoke started coming out. And so I said, well, obviously, we're, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this at the, at the Twin Towers. In, in literally, in the remaining eight minutes of the programme, things changed dramatically. And from the moment I finished the programme, 
between 10.2 and 12 o'clock and Julia Somerville took over. Even she didn't know what was happening in America. So she opened her programme with, well, this is what I'm going to be doing today, this is who I'm going to be talking to, and everything else. Meanwhile, unfolding, as I'm driving home, friends of mine are phoning me on my phones and say, you've got no idea, a plane has just gone into the Twin Towers. Well, of course, at that time, we didn't know that it was an act of terrorism. We just thought maybe it was a plane that had gone off course. But then when you watched it back on the news later... So LBC broke the news because we were live. We were live, and we were able, with the help of Alan, to put it straight to air. And then it carried on, and then the rest of the day, as they say, is is history, and you didn't realise until you turned on your television to actually see the pictures of the planes in slow motion going in... Literally, they just went straight in. And in the mirror today, they've got a number of people. They've got about eight people here who phoned their loved ones and left messages because they didn't know what was going on either. All they knew is, depending on which floor you were on, some of them were on... I mean, mainly they were around the 80s to the 100s on the floor there. Um, There's a guy here called Kevin who was on floor 105... And he didn't have the faintest idea. He he then got through to 911 and they said, listen, sit sit tight. We will get you as soon as we can. And, uh, and he then says, listen, I, I know you've got a lot in the building. We're up on the top and the smoke is rising. It's, it's really, really difficult. We're all young men. We're not ready to die. And and these were the, the people who lost their lives. Excuse me, I'm just going <coughs> to... Cool, I knew it was going to be one this morning. And they've got loads of other people, again, making their, their phone calls. And asking 911, listen, we're running out of air. Should we break a window? They weren't sure what to do. And, and the people on the end of the phone were saying, well, listen, if, if that's the best way of getting some air in, break the window. And then, unfortunately, many people, to escape the flames, just literally threw themselves out of the windows. I mean, it was something that you, you cannot imagine in your wildest dreams. But we did our best on radio to, to tell people about it. Nick's been over there. Nick's done a programme, as you know, and after... The news this morning, they're going to be talking about that. The voices from the, the towers and the, and the memories that people have. And I'll tell you, you'd never guess in a million years if somebody had said how many years ago. And you go, well, I don't know, three or four years ago. Eight years ago, that was. Eight years ago. Doesn't seem possible. 84850, uk, And um, I don't like the sound of insects. The idea of them crawling all over the place is quite horrible says uh, Angela. You see, it's funny, isn't it? We all talk about insects, and yet some I tend to forget, some people have got an absolute fear and a hatred of creepy crawlies. I mean, I had a thing the other day, I thought there was something on the back of my neck. And I went, like that, and I hit it, and I brought it, and it was, it was an insect. Unfortunately, I had to kill it, because I thought, I'm terribly sorry, I don't want this thing climbing up the back of my head. And we've done it with spiders. I've been out and I've watered the plants, like I did yesterday, because we've had a few sort of quite nice days. And there's spiders' webs all over the place. Now, in the middle of winter, in these autumnal mornings, they look fantastic. And my favourite trick to annoy spiders is to get a little bit of grass, you know, give it to the spiders, roll up a joint, no. And you roll it up and you throw a little bit of grass onto the web. The spider immediately awakens from its slumber, whizzes down the web, works out what it is and throws it off. It's worth watching because if it's a little fly or something like that, it comes down, wraps it up and then wanders back and leaves it. I'll come round to that meal later. After the news, we'll have a chat to John Warrington, who's with us on uh, Friday morning. We do have a mince pie. They are the Christmas one. I'll tell you why I bought them. And the reason I bought the whiskey ones is for the simple reason that the sell-by date is very good. These ones you can keep going until January, February, March, May of next year. 
May of ne- I mean, I will have eaten them by the end of the programme, but at May of next year, you can, uh, you can eat these things. And the reason you can with these and not with the other ones is because these have got booze in. And booze is the preservative. So whiskey, whiskey, all the way on the Steve Allen Show this Christmas Day. LBC 97.3 28 minutes to uh, 6. Actually, on the subject of the one show, which I wasn't going to mention, I was going to mention Darren Brown, who, strangely enough... And do you know, there were people yesterday... I mean, how thick are some people? Who were bombarding his website with, please, can you tell us the numbers for the lottery so we can win? How thick do you have to be? Honestly. I mean, you've really got to be pretty dumb. John Warrington's here. Good morning. I must say that you're, you're chipper than a chipmunk this You need to morning. turn your mic around. How would you like like, to turn oh, it? Nice, nice. That way? Is yeah, that probably better? that's better. That's better. Yes. But so, so on, on the, the website, because he'd said, I'm going to predict the lottery numbers, and we told people, don't be stupid, it's a trick. Okay, he's an illusionist. He mm. does he does mind tricks and everything else. He can't really predict the lottery numbers. Otherwise, why would you bother going on television? You'd go and do it yourself, and, and nobody won. Absolutely. Strange enough, nobody won. So he didn't even predict the right numbers. So it's a rollover. It's a rollover. Oh, were they the wrong numbers? Well, no, they were the right numbers for last night, but there was no no winner. Oh well, except but he's still got the numbers. Yeah. Right. But didn't that program go out like ten thirty at nine? And it was live. It went very late. Yes, it was very very late. Much later than usual. So, but, but he got a bigger audience. Than the National Lottery did on BBC One. <laughs> really? You got an extra half a million people on Channel Four. But that programme has really been plugged a lot in every single newspaper yes. for the last four or five. Well, they've days. they've carried on today. They've got Paul Daniel saying, "Listen, whatever happens, it's a trick." And I'm not about to tell you how he did it. I mean, I I didn't watch it, but the the clips that I saw. I knew straight away, because most magicians would be able to work that out. I mean, it wasn't that difficult. What they did was they glossed it all up mm. and made it look fantastic. But it was, it was the saddos who wrote in saying, please, please, please tell me the, the, the lottery number. For next week they wanted it. Well, they just... Yeah. Well, They're so ch- silly, aren't how they? How dumb are they? But anyway, if the programme went out live at 10.15 or, or whenever it went mm. out, it was live, wasn't it? It was advertised as live. Yes. I'm sure it was. Yes, the lottery is, is the, lottery the draw. Is the draw has to be live. You cannot pre-record the draw. So he would have, know, he, he would have known those numbers at 10.15 at night? Yes, but I think it was all late, wasn't it? It was all for some reason. Why, though? I don't know. I can't be- Well, the, the, the papers have tried to analyse it today, saying it was a split screen and it was different studios and all that kind of thing. I, I mean, think- I actually saw it as a bit like The Sting... Did you ever see The Sting? Yes, many the years ago. We're where they Redford. actually, because they were doing horse racing years ago and they didn't have the technology, all they did was the races had been run so they knew the results. But in the betting shop, they thought they were still waiting for the race to be run. But they held it up for a few minutes so they knew the result of the race. Then they placed their bets on it and then they played it out in the betting shop. Yes. So that's why it was called the sting. So in other words, the people betting thought this race was happening live, whereas in fact it had happened a few minutes before. Mm. So they were able to go, right, because they had it all on ticker tape. So here it is, it's just holding something up. It's like this programme is ten seconds behind. So in other words, what people are listening to on their radios, wherever they might be, has already happened yeah, so ten if, seconds ago. John Warrington's not here. He so, was here last Thursday. And I'm still waiting. I have to wait ten more seconds yeah. to actually eat the mince pie that I've that, come in oh, for. So, oh, 
So, no, no, by the time no, no. you hear it, I'll have already got my mouth round it. Right, there you go. <laughs> what a thrill that is on a Friday, eh? But don't you remember in the film Back to the Future? I oh, love those films. Love Back to the love Future. Those. Isn't Michael J. Fox good in oh, that? And fantastic. Christopher, whatever his name yeah. is. But don't you remember that they one of them found, like, an almanac or something with all the r- results of yes. all the horse races? Yes. And they went to the future and got it and oh, brought it back. And... Don't you want to do that? Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Don't you want to do that? Well, I mean, wouldn't you, you love to predict the future? If you could time travel, you could just time travel to, um... 2006 on a Wednesday night or a Saturday night, mm. get the lottery numbers, then time travel back, place your bet, yeah. and then you're a winner. Aren't You've got to hope, though, that when you do time travel, your entire body comes back at the same time. I don't want bits of me coming back over the next week. But time travel's okay. It's when they zap you up and down like in Star Trek. You know, when you go when they beam oh, you up. To do that at that's all. when you're, 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 you're at it. You, you turn yeah. into atoms and then it, it brings all the atoms back. But to time travel, mm. you're actually travelling faster than the Earth is revolving around the sun. Not that I've done this, but you'd have to... There was a wonderful... Do you know, I think I'll start <laughs> drinking in the morning. There's no point in putting this off for anything. I thought you were long. drinking. I'm going to have another whiskey, whiskey. mint. Have, have a whiskey mince pie before you get carried <laughs> away completely. Oh, they look lovely. They are nice. Mm. Made with my fair hands this morning in oh, the Allen kitchen. I was up baking all night. Little baking bowls. And the only reason I mentioned the one show... Yes. ...is A, because I can't stand the, either of them. No, me neither. But they're now spending even more... This is the cash-strapped BBC, OK? The cash-strapped BBC, who aren't cash-strapped at all. It's a load of old spherical objects. Because they've still got all the licence fee money coming in. So they haven't... But what, what they're doing is they're stockpiling their, their cash... Yeah, so, in other words, they've managed to convince all these celebrities, uh, we're, we're not going to pay you as much. They've got loads of money. You know why? The one show, they've added a new feature. They're going to send a fat bloke and the hi girl <laughs> around the country in a helicopter. All right. You know, knocking on people's doors on a helicopter. Do you know how much helicopters cost? And this waste of money show, shoved away on BBC Two, is really... I mean, they've managed to get an audience without that. You think you're going to get more people... Didn't get rid of the fat boy. Get rid of the... How are you? Because, frankly, she's getting on my nerves. Bring back Gloria, right? Bring back Gloria. <laughs> but didn't uh, Keith Chagwin used to do that on, on GMTV? Go and knock on people's doors at, like, six o'clock in the morning. Well, I used to hide behind the sofa. Because <laughs> he was always knocking Hello, Cheggers. I used to go, bugger off. Yeah, but he couldn't Don't get to answer the door to you. Because of all the Christmas trees stacked yes. outside. <laughs> we love Christmas trees. We love Christmas... Have you had a bad mouthful? Have I had about what? A mouthful of the mince pie. No, I'm about to. I'll try. Just while I tell people, do you remember the, um, Casta Semenya... Castor Semenya, the runner, who they said, is it a woman, is it a man? Mm. I was right. I was right. It's a hermaphrodite. She's hermaphrodite. So, I knew, because I said that originally. When they were saying it looks a bit like a man, but it's a woman, I said, I'm telling you, that's hermaphrodite. But isn't a... Hermaphrodite is somebody who's got both bits. Both. They've got both What a godsend that must be. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Just trying to think. You'd never need a relationship. You'd never need a... You could could just be in love with yourself. (laughs) I mean, how cool is that? It's like there was a man on the on the t- on the the television the other day with two willies. <gasps> how cool is that? It doesn't get any better, does it? You know, people go, "Oh, what do you do with two willies? <laughs> what don't you do with two willies? <laughs> do you keep one for the weekend." Well, I don't know, but they operated. They operate. I wouldn't make light of it. That's quite heavy. I would have thought, but they operated independently. What do you mean? And oh, it was, really? And he, was, he, he was Mexican. It was in all the papers a few weeks ago on the Sunday. So could you have a wee-wee yes, at 10 you, and a wee-wee at 10.15? Whatever one you want. <laughs> <laughs> but, so anyway, so this, this sex row runner is hermaphrodite, which is oh. what I said before. Very rare. I know one hermaphrodite. Mm. You must probably know one, I should imagine. I think so, yes. Probably not intentionally, but uh, it's very, very rare in this country. Very bad. In other countries, it's not. 
Apparently not so. But that's why they were going, oh, she looks like a bloke. I thought, well, she doesn't actually look like a bloke just because she's got both both bits. But there you go. That was exciting, wasn't she it? Very I knew we were right. They did her up and she looked very, very pretty on the front oh, cover of a so? magazine. Yeah, she looked very oh, glam. Oh. Fabulous, lovely hair and everything. John's idea of glam and mine are completely different. There's a picture of the paper today. In some zoos, I don't know if you've been there, but they have the lion enclosures and there's a big piece of glass hmm. about an inch thick between you and the, the big cats. And the big cats, especially in um, Schoenbrunn Zoo in, in Austria, walk up next to you. So no, the glass wasn't there, you'd be touching them. But yeah. the glass is there, so they walk backwards and forwards, and, and you, you can see them, and they can see you. And there's a picture in the paper today of a lioness at a zoo, at Whipsnade Zoo, and this little girl sitting there, and the lioness goes, like that. And, of course, the family jump backwards. Then they've got another picture where, where the lioness, they say here, and moments later she notices the shocked toddler and is soon offering her paw and patting the glass apologetically. Oh. I have to tell you, in lion behaviour, she's not. She thinks this child is food. She's waiting to be fed it. <laughs> she's, she's certainly not doing anything affectionate. These are wild animals. Look, look at the picture there. That's the, that's the picture, John. That's Is the it? picture of the lioness. Oh, wow. So they've said that it's actually... What? Look at the what teeth. Na- what now? God, dear, honestly. Why don't you come in here and do origami? They get so much easier. Let's <laughs> do corn dollies today or something. So, so it bears its teeth, and then it sort of pats the glass. It thinks that that child is a meal. Yes, of course it It's does. certainly not doing it affectionately. They're wild animals. If you've ever seen lions chasing after a piece of meat at any of the zoo, that's what they do. This thing isn't being affectionate to this child. If that glass wasn't there, that kitty would have been eaten. Actually, I think, because the child is actually wearing a lovely little pink outfit. Probably that's why she wants to kill it. Pink blancmange. <laughs> See, I can't bear pink outfits. <laughs> can't you put pink blancmange you like? Pink, pink... Do you know, I haven't had blancmange for ages. Blancmange is lovely. Is it nice? Oh, it's delicious. Is it really? a, in fact, did you My see... My mother had a blancmange mould. Did you see the programme, talking of cats, that Joanna Lumley did on, on our obsession with cats? But did you see the two jaguars at the end? They're nice. The black one and the, the, yeah. the stripy one. I love jaguars. They were absolutely stunning. It's quite a good programme, actually. Yes, the, she got criticised in the paper. They were saying, oh. we're now a little bit bored with Joanna's voice. And oh. she's, she's a little bit posh. She's terribly posh. Yeah, but th- that's what they were saying. We've already, you know, they said, we've seen enough of Joanna now, thank you for one year. She used to do that commercial, didn't she? Say, you don't have to be posh to buy this insurance. Yes, yes. Which is because of... An opposite to everyone else, but no, I, 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 I love, I love, I love Joanna Lumley. Okay, very quickly, I've got a how low for today. It's a oh, by the way, before we forget, eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc dot uh, We've got a, a Samsung plasma, a fifty inch. This is the only place, barring curries, you'll get one this price. In fact, we can even undercut curries. Any of the high street stores. They had a big thing the other day. They opened a new curries or something like that, and thousands of people queued to buy. A television like this for 299 quid. You'll get this one for pennies. We can beat them hands down, OK? So, a 50-inch, HD-ready, Freeview Digital built-in, slim, sleek, black design, fantastic picture quality, can be yours for pennies. The lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that everybody else makes... That nobody else makes, sorry. So, bids in by 6pm today. Text LBC... Followed by your bid in pence and send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, then you're, you know, if you want to vote, say, 69, like yesterday, you know, you might want to go LBC 69 mm-hmm. and uh, and then send that to treble eight two one. You, you, you make up your own favourite number. It's just that mine happens to be that. Uh, the bid will cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm today. Must be over 16 
No good telling porcupines. LBC.co.uk for full terms and conditions. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> 50 inch. It's a pie light. <laughs> the pie. It's, it's good, lovely. is it? I feel like Simple Simon. I feel drunk. <laughs> I, do you know, it didn't take. I only opened the packet and I showed Phil, who um, was, was working. I think he. I think his name's Phil. Anyway, and he was uh, he was overnight, and I, I said, would you like when he said, it's a bit early for a mince pie. I said, no, they're not mince pies. They're mince tarts. That's completely different. So, because John Cushing, if you remember, wouldn't yes. eat anything to do with Christmas. No, that's right. You could put your nuts on the table, ladies and gentlemen, and he would not touch them, because he used to say, walnuts and all that, they're, they're for Christmas. They're not for now. I couldn't even persuade him to have a satsuma. He was that funny about it. I think you should eat uh, um, mince tarts, mince pies, whatever they are. Well, Any time of the year. It doesn't say anywhere in this box they're to do with Christmas. What it says is they've got Glenfiddich single malt Scotch whiskey, which is 12 years old. Fantastic. I mean, I don't think a Scotch whiskey that young should be allowed out by itself. I'm sorry. I think it should go back to its parents. I went to the Glenfiddich uh, distillery in Scotland. Yeah. And uh, they had a 100-year-old whiskey and yeah. a 50-year-old whiskey. Ten, twelve thousand pounds. My before. friend David, who, who's not with us anymore, in his kitchen he collected whiskies, and he was a member of a club. Mm. And every month they would send another whiskey, but you'd, he couldn't afford to buy a whole bottle, so he would buy sometimes a quarter of a bottle. And he had every whiskey going back to the nineteen forties. Mm, amazing! And he would have them all around the kitchen, and so for for special dinner parties because he went on one of those cookery programmes on television, he would, he would say, right, we're going to do a 1953 whiskey. But he would buy, say, a quarter of a bottle or half a bottle or whatever it happened to yeah. be. And he had loads of them. Oh, they're, they're, very, they're collectors, aren't Really collectors. And people who, who drink whiskey know all about this. I mean, I, I don't and know it enough it doesn't go it. off. And there's a bar up there mm. in the Whiskey Trail, which is right near Loch Lomond. You go there and you do, like, a trail at all the different uh, distilleries. Yeah. I said in this hotel. And they had a bar. And in the bar, there were 365 different whiskies. Good God. And they said that even if you don't like whiskey, and I don't really like no, whiskey. No, I'm not. Except this one. This yeah. is delicious. You know why? Because it's in the mincemeat. If somebody gave me a, a, a straight oh. whiskey now. Oh, no. It wouldn't do it not for me. My dad like used it. to drink it with water. Yeah, my dad does too. Oh. He has a special glass. Oh, yeah. His own glass. Really? No ice, just water. Yes, I, ice pollutes it. Mm, it does You're supposed it. to put, and it's, and it's got to be. We used to always, when I used to work in a pub, there used to be a jug of water on the bar for people to have with their for, whiskey. Well, they used to. They used to Put the exact amount in. Yeah. But don't you remember the old lovely the sa- soda siphons? Oh, yeah. They were but lovely. But people used to go and say, I'll have a finger of whiskey. Hmm. You know, and I used to... Many of the time I misheard. <laughs> and, you know, that was just my downfall, I suppose. Quarter to six is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. And it's Friday, and it's the 11th of September. <laughs> These are the news headlines. Eight years on from 9-11, New York and London will pay tribute to nearly 3,000 people who died in the terror attacks on the World Trade Centre. Anyone who comes into contact with children in their jobs or as a volunteer is going to have to register with a new independent safeguarding authority. Some of Britain's soldiers have been honoured with medals for their bravery in Afghanistan and Iraq. And the weather today, a mixture of cloud and sunshine, a high of 20 degrees centigrade. I'm so multitasking here, I really am. Let's have a check on the uh, roads with the travel. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> uh, we'll start with Clapton Common. It's uh, closed by three. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have you company. It's Friday morning in London town. How many times have you taken kids out? What's the matter? How many times have you taken... I thought I had wind or something. You always tell me, you pick up a kid and they go, look, it's smiling. I go, no, it's got wind. <laughs> Don't get a kite. Anyway, this, this little girl goes out to a Mexican restaurant... 
in, uh, it's called Cactus Joe's in Halifax, in North York. Cactus Joe's. Nice, isn't Lovely. it? You just imagine. Hello, would you like some fajitas <laughs> and some tortillas? That's a terrible northern accent. Sorry? That's a terrible you northern accent. You can imagine. It was I in mean, Durham. In Durham? Is that what you said? No, Dur- Halifax. Halifax. Not Halifax, Halifax, Nova Scotia. No, no, no. Halifax, Halifax in West Yorkshire. West Yorkshire. I'm not... West Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Hello, would you like a fajita? Fajita. Yorkshire <laughs> style. Doesn't quite sound the same, does it? Anyway, so this, this, this kid was apparently a right little so-and-so right. throughout the meal. So at the end of the meal, because they had one chicken fajita, <laughs> one chilli con carne beef... One fudge cake, and then the kids' menu, because in, in, Mexicans are big on pizza, aren't they? So she had one, one pizza and one quesadilla as well. Whatever that is. <laughs> it's Spanish. It's terrible. And then <laughs> soft drinks. <laughs> they had uh, two Pepsi and an orange juice. And then they had something cold with ice cream, beans, and two kids' Hutch cakes as well. <laughs> and at the end, this kid apparently had annoyed them so much that they wrote on the bottom of it... Thank you, you little... And they used a really, really rude word, and it came out really? on their printed thing. Oh. So, of course, the family gets it, and they're going, fajitas, we had fajitas, <laughs> and now they've written about our little girl. Because, obviously, she was a pain in the, in, the, in the rear end. They had been frustrated by the slow service, but I've tended to find, in these Mexican restaurants, they too tend to be a bit slow. It's like, if you go to a Spanish restaurant, they're in no rush to serve you. Because in Spain, everything is... Mañana. Mañana. It's tomorrow. Manana. So, in other words, some friends of mine, who you know, Chris um, and Steve, yes. they have an apartment over there. It's being built. You can go around. There's nobody there. And they go, when, when are you working? Tomorrow? Oh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe next They're on week. holiday to the 17th of December, yeah. probably. It, it's absolutely... It's, it's so slow and laid back. It's a little bit like France. You go mm. out and you take, take the family out for a meal. Well, don't think over here which it arrives relatively quickly, you get the same in France. It's laid back. But the whole idea of eating abroad... Which I was laid back this morning. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole idea, the whole idea of eating abroad is to relax, allow the food yeah, to I go down, I know. have You're another glass to... of wine. How many times did your mother tell you, masticate, masticate, masticate? Yes. Eat slowly. 33 times Paul Getty chewed his food and counted each time. Yes, of course. And I know that from Alan Wicker, because it's in his book. And... The odd thing is, you're supposed to chew your... What do we do? You put it in your mouth, swallow. Without chewing. And it's just ridiculous. Masticate. That's my new word of the day. You must do it. <laughs> but because by the time it's you bad for you. had your sprouts in that oven all night long, you wouldn't need to chew them. You know, them. I got this, this... You just swallow them. They must have liquefied. This is harassment. I got this yesterday. There's nothing the matter with sprouts after four hours. <laughs> oh, your idea that the goodness disappears after the third hour... It's so bad. You've got to steam them for about 16 minutes. Water boils a little... Not even any salt... Put them in... I don't do salt. No, I don't do salt, no. either. Um, put but you do p- sugar with sweet corn. Do, oh. If you're doing sweet corn, a little sprinkling of sugar. I used to. I don't do that really? now, what, but I used to. Corn on the cob? Well, either corn on the cob or... Or out the tin. Or out, out the tin. it's both delicious. Green giant. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love corn, corn out of the tin. I can eat that cold. Oh, I, I could drain it off and do that with a tin of button mushrooms and some real mayonnaise. <laughs> yumma, yumma, yumma. I feel Better ill. Than... <laughs> you do have the strangest diet. I do. Not a jolly green diet. No, well, not many giant. people can eat whiskey mince pies first thing in the morning. Well, I am. I'm tiddly. Honestly. I know. The first time we had them, I, d- I didn't <laughs> I slur my way through the programme. I feel slightly lightheaded as I've been to bed all night, because I did the, the, the news thing last mm. night. Um, but I am quite hungry, and I've got to show you an advert. Look at this advert. There's an advert today, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> it's nearly most of a page in the Telegraph, which can't come cheap. But just look at that. What's it for? 
Oh, look at that. Doesn't that look lovely? Yeah, but I tell you what, they never end up looking like that. I know they don't. Because they're... Bra- it's, it's an advert for sausages. They now... Was- they don't look like that if you leave them in the oven. Have you ever cooked night. sausages before? They either split or they do something. They're never. You fork them, though. Then they don't yes, split. My mother used to fork Always them. Always fork your sausages. Really? Always. Pierce, just prick them with a fork, three on each side. And then actually, they look like that if you do them in the oven. Oh, right. Slowly and turn them and yeah. turn them and turn them. It's the turning, them. isn't it? It's the turning and the onions. I and I think there's all sorts of glaze. Would of you turn for a sausage, ladies and gentlemen? Probably not. Probably not. You turn for a shilling. Do you if know, I, know I, do, you. I tell you what, I used to love the hot dogs in Vienna. Hot dogs. Because they used to. They, they, they get a, um, a baguette, mm. or so a long French stick, cut it in half, put it onto a hot pole thing, yeah. which hollows out the inside of the bread. Then they squeeze the mustard in, mm. and then they drop the sausage in. I hate mustard. Oh, do you? Oh, oh. right. Oh, well, forget the mustard then. Or tomato the sausage, sauce. Yeah, tomato ketchup. Mm-hmm. But just the sausage dropped into the middle, not sliced open and then stuck in the middle so you can't eat the blooming thing. And actually, those rolls <coughs> they put a hot dog in are horrid. Old. Don't ever buy them from the fun fair. They're about three days old. Oh, they're horrible, though. Horrible, they're all they? soft. Whereas in a baguette, that, that, the French would do it like yeah. that. You'd pop the sausage into the heart. That'd be marvellous. And the one they're thing like that, that sells now. us... Onions. Cooked onions. The smell of it. The smell of cooked onions. Mm. Oh, I love the smell of cooked onions. But not on your breath two days later. No. <laughs> That's very I, unpleasant. But, but those and sausages and fried bread, all the things that are bad for you. Oh, not so bad, I don't think. Oh, believe you me, for me, bad. Yes, for you. But, for, but for me, bad. In moderation. Well, everything, in, everything in, in moderation, I think. Yeah, no, it's nothing. It's, it's wonderful to cook. Sausage mash and baked beans. Yeah. The best. Ma- My nan used to give it to me, and she used to put the sausages into the into the mashed potatoes. So helpful, aren't they, the elderly nowadays? <laughs> she's no longer with us. <laughs> yeah, you know, why is it that you used to want to go round your nap? Because she smelt of of old fashioned things, didn't she? she you, you would go round there, and you, my nan always used to have really cold skin. And pale skin. Very pale, mm. and used to put powder on, and it was it had lines. I mean, she was like a road map for the <laughs> AA. She really was. It could have been the Sahara Desert. Because nowadays, you go around to, you know, young people listening, will meet meet your grandmother, who probably looks younger than you do. Yeah, she probably looks but, like Victoria Because they've all got creams <laughs> and everything else. She looks marvellous. My, my grandmother had her hair tied back. No, no makeup. Yes, grey hair. I only ever knew yeah. her with grey hair. Yeah, me too. And she had grey a house hair. coat. A pinny. A, it was sort of like a pinny, but she had a house coat. Um, People of that generation put on a house coat to do their, their cleaning. So yes. she put her duster... My mother used to have one. She put her, her duster, tin of polish, and go round... Poli- and she was it, was... it was like taking your little bag with you or something. But nans were always... Because they, they were always sort of... You always went to your nan, didn't you? She was your ally yeah, if you your mum told you didn't actually want to kiss you, did you? Oh, I love my nan kissing me. She was lovely. Oh, no, I didn't. My, my grandma used to dribble. I didn't want to... Don't, don't dribble <laughs> in my ear. Auntie <laughs> <laughs> Enid. But they were not... And they never had any money. So when they gave you a Christmas present, you knew that it, w- it would be wrapped in sort of the most awful paper because they would get it from the market and it wouldn't be very expensive. But that's all they could afford because we didn't think... In those days, you know, you, you give stuff to your parents now if you can afford to. But we never thought, give it to your grandparents. Did you and not that, take presents around to your grandparents? We did, but in those days, to take a present... I mean, my dad would take a bottle of Mackerson, and my gran would be over the moon. A bottle of Mackerson? She couldn't afford that. Of course not. People, Mackerson was like a, a bottle of stout. Like, yes. um, like yeah, sort of like bottle a bottle of Guinness. Guinness. But you'd go to the off-licence, or, or the pub, because there wasn't an off-licence, and they would sell you a bottle of Guinness... And and that would be a treat, because elderly people couldn't afford that. But some pubs had off-licences. Don't you remember? They used to yes. have a little door, and you yeah. went into a, an almost a, a, a chamber, a little room. Yeah. And you'd say, 
off and it used to have off sales yes and it was only open to a certain time but you're quite right you know a bottle of um what's that stone's ginger ale yeah that was considered a luxury if you and took you... somebody a box of chocolates you know after you know Milk warm water or something people used to go crackers for this because you couldn't get anything well you only had it at christmas you didn't <coughs> have it all the year round. no did you, you see strange enough now we were saying the other day on the program that kids are spoiled they've got Everything. Everything beforehand. Everything. There is nothing that kids today don't have, and most of them. But there, there, is, there is nothing. Whereas in our day, you look forward to Christmas because that was... And if you had a big present, and the maximum mm. for us when we were younger was 25 quid. That's quite a lot of money, seems then. pathetic, doesn't it? And if, you, if they spent 25 pounds, that meant that that was Christmas and birthday. But you knew by the time it got to your birthday that oh. they, they, they'd up the price again. But you could probably could have got a Hornby train set for £25. Get one now for 25 quid. Yeah, but yeah. Not, not a big, big, not, big Not a one. big, big, big one, but we used to get things like that. We used to get... Ex- parents used to make things. We never had a new bike. No. We had second hand. Always had second hand. We used to go to Petticoat Lane if I had, but when I got, had my bike. Yeah, but that was to buy petticoats. <laughs> that was completely different. Or birds. You used to buy... Birds. Uh, birds. Yeah. At Petticoat Lane. I still buy birds up Petticoat Lane now. <laughs> Just that so they start emerging onto the street at about midnight and wander around till about half past one. <laughs> and they're scantily dressed. They are. <laughs> That's with feathers. Try getting those in a cage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but a, uh, a second-hand bike you were very, very grateful of. Of course. And I, I we used to paint it, paint them as Yes, yes. Different my colours. parents, my, my father bought us one and it was painted up and, and done up. It looked fantastic. But it only cost, I think, like five pounds. But that was a lot of money to parents. If, if you've got lots of children, I'm not surprised people go broke over Christmas and they dread it. Because all the, all the adverts on the television, and they'll start soon, they, mm. they'll be going this and that. And of course, young kids go, oh, I'll have that. They don't realise it comes with a price tag of £99 or £100. Or £1,000. You can't just buy them one, one present, can you? You've got to buy them. Loads it so people start sa- start saving for Christmas now. <laughs> it's too expensive. We used to have a loan club. We used to pay into. Yeah, Christmas club. Christmas Fred and I used club. to pay into the butcher every week. So by Christmas, he'd built up enough to have all their meat over Christmas. That's it. And you used to go, and my mum used to get that, and then yeah. she would go and get all the Christmas food. Yeah. The turkey and the trimmings. Yeah, Christmas and... Eve, people would be... All the shops open early around our way. The fish shop opens really early. So Christmas Eve morning, they, they give people mulled wine. Probably to forget about the prices, <laughs> I should imagine. But anyway, and people queue up the block to get their, their fresh turkeys yeah. and stuff like that. But my mum still orders hers now. She really? orders it all from Marks and Spencers or something. Yeah. Three or four weeks in a time. It's no good rushing around at the last minute going, oh, what have we... Oh, we'll have to offer them... Oh, something at lasagna or fajitas <laughs> for Christmas. Or swan. <laughs> swan. <laughs> Actually, in Henry VIII's day, they did have swan. OK, listen, very, very quick break. And uh, while you all debate whether or not Darren Brown did predict the lottery numbers, I'll tell you now, no, he didn't. It was a good trick. Oh, it was an even better trick. There's only a few days left in the DFS sale. Only a few... Morning, team. Nice to have you company. Seven minutes past six. Actually, the other day we, we chatted to John Victor Spinetti for an in-conversation that is coming up. And he was going off to the doctors that evening. Mm. And, and we've yet to hear the uh, the results. So I don't know if you've actually uh, got the results back. He always listens to this programme. Does he? Oh, yes. Absolutely. He's a legend, isn't he? He is. Yes. Victor, give us a ring. Give us a ring on the uh, on the studio number. The 0845 6060 nine seven three and just let us know what what uh, what you've heard up until now if you've heard anything because we, we promised people we would we would tell them yeah because he said he had this lump oh in his in his throat and he was just going uh, in to have it checked out i said it'll be fine absolutely fine it'll be fine but yes. uh, just just let us know please uh eight four eight five oh steve at lbc.co.uk and um <laughs> and somebody says steve you're making me feel very old talking about the past you've literally said my past to a t <laughs> actually probably not just yours probably ours as well morning steve my mum 
says Cheryl, used to have newberry fruits Ooh. at Christmas, yes. orange and lemon slices, and a box of dates. Lovely. Well, you can still buy newberry fruits, and I used to love them because they had the liquid centres. The trouble is, I can't eat them now because they're covered in sugar. Totally covered totally in sugar. Totally covered in sugar. And orange and lemon slices. Yes, I remember, remember those. Were a, they were in a round thing. I used to love that. And always those box of eat me dates. And, you know, I learnt to hate dates <laughs> through having them at Christmas. But we did have a big bowl of nuts. And the only person who ever ate them, my mum. Because the markets were full of bags of assorted yeah. Brazil nuts and other... I don't know what the nuts are now. And we used to have, we used to have a little toy soldier. Well, he was a soldier. And you put a, put a nut in his mouth. He was a nutcracker. And he was a nutcracker. <laughs> How many people have got nutcrackers now? Come on. We used to have a sort of a thing that used to like a, be like a pair of pliers, actually. But it had yes. two different sections. One for small nuts. We had a nuts. hammer for when we broke the nutcracker. <laughs> one for big nuts. <laughs> And then you'd be hoovering up your living room till June, oh. still finding bits of Christmas tree yeah. and bits of nutshell that had been flung all over the thing. But you didn't really want those nuts, did you? But you were forced to eat them. You had to have <laughs> on the sideboard nuts, dates, dates, uh, advocar, tangerines, Advocar. satsumas, advocar. I know everybody goes eggnog, <laughs> eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> all those things about you're all going. Are you mad, Steve? Talking about Christmas this morning. Let me quickly go through some of your uh, texts and emails. Can somebody explain to me, says Johnny, I don't go on cabby demos, what a goodwill ambassador is. Miss Gertrude Halliwell, of Centre of Attraction and Annoying Face, has the job, or was she given the post in a moment of United Nations irony? Because uh, Jerry Halliwell yes. has been out talking about the plight of women in, in some country. I'm thinking, what is she? Well, a goodwill ambassador... Yeah. Um, in fact, Shirley Temple... She was became a goodwill, a goodwill ambassador. ambassador. Yeah. And Audrey Hepburn was a goodwill ambassador for various causes. And they're chosen because of their... Because normally, because they're extremely famous, yeah, they have a lot of presence, and because they believe in the cause. Oh right! Oh excellent! Uh, Ray and Balham says, if I were to send you a Christmas card now with the current state the Royal Mail's in, you might just receive it by mid-December. True. Lovely. Send it now. Actually, we, we are we're going to find out. Victor's on the line. Morning, Victor. Good morning. Listen, laddie, how are you? How did it go? Good news. Good news. Mm, it's nothing. It's a diploma, which means it's nothing. Fantastic. What did I tell you? Yeah, well, they were kids. You, when you get them on your hand, if you were a kid, you could bash it with a ruler. Remember, yes. those, it would go away. <laughs> yes, but yours was in your throat. You don't yeah, want to, you know, don't want to do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I gather you were out at the theatre the other night. Yes. I heard. Word, word filtered back. Yes, and I heard it. No, exactly, you did. It was I heard Roger it, Foss it is and, true. What it is, is true. true. What did yes, you say? London's arousal. <laughs> That's right, London's arousal, he said. <laughs> the producer was a bit wary about that one. Uh, oh, well, I'm glad it's all good for you. I'm glad it's all fine. Yeah, how lovely. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Listen, what, what, what are you doing today? You haven't got another another diet class, have you? No, 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 I've been to that. Right, you've done that. So what are you yeah. doing today? No, I haven't been planned, really, for today. A nice I've lazy got, day. I've got my escritoire. I'm at my escritoire. <laughs> At the desk. <laughs> <laughs> all the time well, I was down in Wales. Oh, God. All the mail piled up and I got all these things to, to sort out. Well, listen, it's always good to hear from you, you know that. All right, love. I'll see you soon, I hope. I'll take care. Look after yourself. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Lovely Victor Spinetti. What about that lovely Welsh accent? Oh, lovely oh, Welsh I love accent. It. Strangely enough, he, as, as he'll tell us on an in conversation, the uh, the Spinetti name is Italian. Yes. His father was a, they owned a fish and chip shop, Did but they? his grandfather was. in Rome? In Italy. Uh, sorry, in, in, in Wales. It's still there. Oh, not right. owned by the family. But his, his grandfather walked from Italy to Wales and went, I think I'll stay here. And <laughs> Seri- they said, yeah, Are you serious? Absolutely. He walked? He walked. 
Yeah, I mean, that's how the Spinetti family are in are in Wales. But like Julius Caesar, a little straight, a little bit Norfolk. like Julius, just just not as many men, I don't think, <laughs> carrying the Spinetti it. family. But a fish and chip shop. But <laughs> the Welsh accent, you see, you never lose your your, your real accent, do you? Well, Paul Saver is Welsh. You'd never know that. But he's not real Welsh. Is, is he, he not real Welsh? Well, I don't think so. His mum is. Yeah. If you listen to his mum. She's sort of. She really, really is Welsh. Yeah. But but Paul isn't. He I never th- ever sounds Welsh. I, I always I wished think... I had an accent. I'm a bit of a hybrid, actually. You don't have an accent. I don't, no, no do not, I? not. But I, I quite accent. like the idea of having an Irish accent or a Scottish accent or a Welsh accent or any sort of accent. Manchester? No, not. I mean, I don't want an accent like that or because Birmingham? that would hinder my, my job. Birmingham? Yeah, but I'd be stuck to working on BRMB. Do you think so? BRMB Radio, <laughs> Steve Allen. <laughs> oh, that would be dreadful. And then you'd all end up sounding like Adrian Childs. How boring would that be? <laughs> yes, he's from Birmingham. <laughs> he's from it? Birmingham. My God, they're boring in Birmingham. That's what they say boring brummies. Uh, Corinne and Tony, thank you very much indeed. They've, they've got the meerkats at the bottom of their garden. Have they? Yeah. Really? Well, they, 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 they've actually put them in. So I'll tell you what's a lovely thing in the, in the paper today. Mm-hmm. That Disney are bringing back one of my all-time favourites. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Fun little bunny old bear. Stuffed with honey. It's Winnie yeah. the Pooh. It's great. Have you ever seen... Did you see the original film? I, um, I don't think I did, actually. I've got it. I've got uh, on record the whole thing a on record re- on a record or the sound the, the full f- oh, the soundtrack, soundtrack with all the words. I Who know- did the voice of Winnie uh, the Pooh? Not sure. Sure, we can find out. Yeah. Sure, we can find out. I was. I was. I. I used to quite like you Winnie spoke the Pooh. Like that. Didn't I was you? more worried about Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. Yes. Christopher went Robin. down with a dreadful illness. <laughs> Dreadful, called Alice. Alice. Christopher said, Robin Christopher went, Robin went down with Alice, and I thought, well, everybody else gets influenza. <laughs> he gets something called Alice. Well, I've searched the books, can't find it. <laughs> yes, but it's coming back. It's, it's called swine flu. <laughs> Do you know it'll be back in again? I tell you, all these old illnesses will be back in shortly. But don't you think it's a, that would be wonderful? There's a lovely picture of uh, for, of Pooh Bear in in a, from the cartoon. Yeah, surrounded by he's changed over the years, hasn't he? Has, he has indeed. And did you read the books? I might have done. I can't remember. We 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 did all the we did Jemima Puddle Duck and. And, um... Janet and John. Sorry? Janet and John. Do you remember Janet and John? did Janet and John. Yes, you, you did Janet and John. I don't think I did. You most certainly did. We, we, we did the Beatrix Potter stuff. Oh, we did were, you? We were a bit more upmarket. Well, that's terribly upmarket. We had the little book. Well, I'm sure we had the little books. Hmm. I can't remember, actually. But Janet and John were the ago. books that you used to teach you to read, originally. Oh, I started with Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> so much easier. In French. In French, <laughs> yes. And then sometimes Latin. Who knows? <laughs> OK, listen, very, very quick break. And uh, then we shall come right back with more of your texts and emails. I will go through the papers. I promise you, there are some some very good stories in there. And it's just trying to find them, I'm afraid, this morning. 6.15. News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Scotland Yard says it's preparing an appropriate response. 7.3. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) 6.20, nearly. Uh, I must mention today, because he listens as he goes into the studio, and that's actor Graham Cole who plays PC Tony Stamp in, in the, bill. the Bill. Yes. Well, of course, today is his last day, mm. because the, they decided to drop him because they said the character had sort of run its course. Well, there was an absolute outcry from the PC Tony Stamp Appreciation Society. They're known as the Stampers. And he's been doing it. I mean, it must be a good 15, 20 years. Yeah, long time. Long Bill's time. a very, very good programme. Well, they're moving it, I think, come November to... Something like 9.30 at night or whatever. It's on twice a week, isn't it? Only Jesus. once a week. Oh, it's, it's only once be. a week. Yeah. Now. So what they actually did was they sort of axed Stallworth. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you need... I know loads of coppers in real life. I get them round, round Leicester Square, yes, all my lovely girls. girls and things like that. But it's, it's a case of you... It, it, rep, it should represent every aspect of the force. So why they've got rid of him? They've left it open so he can pop back in again, I It's think. not an age thing, is it? 
Well, I think it's an age There's thing. a lot of running in the bill. They do a lot of running Yes, but you get streets. a lot of people. You can have somebody back at base in the station, can't you? Yes, of course. You have that. Dixon of Doc Green thrived on having people in the station. Yeah, he was always there to receive the prisoners. Yeah. You know, someone stole someone's tomato and they'd go in. Well, he listens every time he goes in and he's listened. He's going to come in and do an in-conversation with us. Lovely. So we'll, we'll sort that out. But today is his last day, so I sent him a card this morning saying, listen, because it's, if you've been somewhere, as, as Graham will tell you, for any length of time... It's 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 going to be difficult to try and adjust to not going to that place. Mm, yes. you, have to, you have to look on this as a holiday. And I've said to him, listen, as far as one door closes, a hundred other doors will open. All sorts of things will come you know, to you that you would have actually yeah. turned down because of your the commitments. Well, he's he's been very successful have. on stage as well. So, you know, you can have a very nice life touring around. And then you'll discover how many people come and see because they know you from the bill. So t- television does, does cosset you a little bit and it gives you that bigger audience. But there's, as you know, there's a huge audience out there, Graham. Absolutely. Enormous for uh, for theatre and panto and stuff like that, and uh, I know you've done panto before. I think it holds a world record for doing panto somewhere. Does it? Yeah. So uh, listen, good luck, good luck, and uh, enjoy your day today. It'll be it'll be a day of mixed emotions. Yes, it will. A day but, of mixed emotions, but, but still just, good memories. But Monday is a new day. Yeah, and all sorts of things. Yeah, as I happen. say, as I've sent him a card saying, as fast as one door closes, loads more open. They will. They so, will indeed. You have a, a nice day today. A nice day. And good luck, and we look forward to seeing you I wanna, very, very shortly. I want to ask you a question, actually. All right. Okay. This is very important. This mm-hmm. is very important because this is a serious thing yeah. that I find has been happening and is on the increase lately. Oh, dear. In the mm-hmm. Warrington household. Oh. I'm talking to myself. But I'm talking to myself a lot. Right. And, in fact, yesterday morning, when I was getting ready to go to work, the conversation was so long... Mm that it was so involved that I was almost late for work. Yeah. And I was starting to use phrases like you use, like dreadful, 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 doing my shoelaces up, saying right. that the shoes look dreadful. And this is not going to... Now, is this something that lots of people... Do you talk to yourself? Sorry, I'm a radio presenter. Of course <laughs> I talk to myself. No, but you don't because you talk to me. Or you're talking to your audience. Yeah. 10.4 I million. do it in the car... Do you? And what, oh, yes. And then what I do is I'll suddenly, at the corner of my eyes, see people in the next car looking at me. Now, I've suddenly worked out, they think I've got hands-free. Of course they do. So, because I'm chatting away to myself. And to be honest with you, I have got hands-free and black currant in the car. And you do look silly when you're, if you look at someone and they're talking yeah. just in mid-air to themselves. You know they've got hands-free But now. the good news is, in my car, people would expect me to be talking to myself. And yes, I've even been known to actually go, OK, talk to you later, because they can see that. And then I go, bye. And I reach up and push the little button on the, the hands-free thing. The fact is, I have been talking to myself, so it's, you're not mad. Mm. But how much, how much of it do you do? do you, when you get home at night, I've started arguing. You've argued with I've yourself. started getting answers back. There's <laughs> this strange voice in my head. I'll, I'll be saying, I'm going to do so-and-so. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. But you're saying it out loud, aren't yeah. you? Not in your head. You're actually saying I it I constantly loud. talk to myself at home. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. Oh, it's quite normal. Do you think it's because we live alone? No, it's because you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> Completely mad. Because you're mad as a brush. Do you think people... I would like to know... <laughs> I was just humouring you. I've never spoken to myself in my life. <laughs> yes, you have. I'm just making you feel better before we have the men in white coats take you away. <laughs> I bet you practice the entire show the evening before at home. Phil, Phil said... That's twice I mentioned Phil. He said to me earlier, he said, um, what are you doing on the show this morning? Mm. Having a clue. No idea. But don't you find that afterwards people say, what did you talk about on your show this morning? No, you people go, say to me, a clue. oh, you mentioned so-and-so. I said, did I? <laughs> yes. I have no knowledge of it whatsoever. Of Until the red light comes on at the beginning, I've got no idea what you I'm just, talking about. You just go for it, don't I you? I do you shows, just... one-man shows like that as well. No yes, idea. I've witnessed You those. know. <laughs> yes. I have no idea. And I think he seemed quite surprised, because some people have a, 
a system that they work to. I'm going to say this at the beginning of the show and work it out and do it. To t- I know people, because I've, I've worked with people over the years, and they say, and that's coming up on London's biggest conference. And it's, the whole idea is you've just got to make it look effortless. I mean, the truth of the matter it is, uh, it is, it is effortless. It's not difficult, but, but unless think, you can't do it. I think that in other shows, mm. their shows are generally... I was explaining this to the, to the driver who took me to the news channel last night that I mm. did, but uh, he was... Their, their shows are slightly more formatted because your show is a bit of an... Uh, your show is like an in-conversation, isn't it? It's, you're talking either to yourself or to me or to Paul Savory or to Alan Dodger or whoever's mm. here or whatever. There's no specific topics that, that you no. work in evermore. You don't come in and say, OK, here are the papers. I am definitely going to talk about Hugh Hefner filing for divorce. I'm definitely going to talk about the X Factor, yeah. the crossing with Sussex. You don't think like that. If that happens to come in, I do go the through the papers. When I, when I come in, first thing I do is I, I whiz through the papers. I'm fairly good at... I, yeah, I do good. sight read. I'm very good at sight reading. And I do mark the paper. I do fold over a corner. And then I think, what am I folding that over for? Because I can't remember. <laughs> because it was smutty. <laughs> exactly. It'd be, it'd be something rude. And I think, I must weave that in. Yes. And sometimes I've gone home and I've thought, oh, I should have done that story the other day. I forgot about but it. But the time just disappears because you get other things come up. Yeah. Like talking about talking to yourself. Well, I, I made a mental note. I knew I was going to talk about Graham Cole this morning. Because yes. it's his last day, so that's important to him. I knew that we had to check with Victor Spinetti sure. because that would, that's important to all of us. You know, you, you, it's a, just a common courtesy to check. If somebody's going to the doctor and they're worried, then I think we, we, we sort of have to be the other end of it. Yeah, we all want And we to have know. to sort of check on him, just make sure he's all right. Because it does stay in your mind, those sort of things. And, yeah. And it's all the build-up until that actual day when there's always that moment you think, oh, it'll be all right. And then in another thought in your head, this is me talking to myself again, yeah. is you're saying... I wonder if that is all right. Do you think that will be You do right? go through funny phases. I did it the other day where I seem to have a whole programme dealing with death. And I've got no idea why, but then you get people writing and going, oh, stop talking about death. And you think, I can't help it. That's, that's the way that my mind was thinking that day. I mean, everybody's different. What, what this programme has to be, or any programme on, on the radio, is something that you sit there and you go, oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, I can't believe he just said that. You've got to provoke some sort of reaction. Yes. And, it, and it's got to be something that people can identify with. Many of you listening barmy people will be associating with John talking about talking to himself. I, of course, don't know anybody like this. You do Because now. I'm in the real world. <laughs> now I know that John's a barmy. You know, we have to stay away from him. So no more Christmas cards. We don't want to encourage him. But people do talk to themselves. On radio, if, if you weren't here and nobody else was here, you do sit here talking to... They, they always say this imaginary person. I've never subscribed to this in radio. They always say, you imagine you're talking to one person. I don't. No, that's nonsense. Because it just seems ludicrous. In ra- How can you imagine it? And then they say, well, who are you aiming it at? I said, I'm aiming it at the other side of the glass. If I say something funny and, and she doesn't register, I mean, mainly because she's had so much <laughs> Botox, you don't know whether she's smiling or bending <laughs> over. And, you, and, and sometimes you say something funny and you think, if she laughs, then that's the reaction I've got. And that's why you would pause momentarily. It's like doing a comedy series. But when you're doing this kind of a programme, or mm. any kind of a programme, like when, you, when we've both, both of us have done live television on the same channel at the same time of the day, but at different periods of time, mm. uh, you never, ever think... Well, first of all, you never, ever look at a monitor if you're on television. Because oh, I've done that before. Place. It's awful. It's fatal. But then you tend to find yourself looking sideways. Yeah, which is bad, because <laughs> you're in conversation with someone on to looking to the yes. left, and you're looking to the right. Never do that. But that's what you worry about on television. See, on radio, you don't think, oh, do I look good when I say that? On television, you think, oh, my God, what do I look like? That's why Alan Wicker, when he came in yesterday, even though, and I'll, I'll tell you now, he's 83... He's 83. He looked exactly the same. You said he looked yeah. exactly the same. As he did in Doesn't 1953. Look, yes, no different. It's, Whereas it's, me, I look at me on television, I've got hair. How frightening is that, ladies and gentlemen? But if you do something like I did mm. last night, just took on a news channel, you must never think that there could be 36 million people watching. 
LBC 97.3 Have to do all your own sound effects here. There's no, no sound effect for anything. I think we have to... Which doesn't work as well. Now, listen, mm-hmm. young man. Had I you like ta- the young bit. That's good. That's, that's a good, good start I know. this morning. Well I know. done. Good start. Had you taken my advice yesterday and gone each way, oh, I know it's... You came second, <sighs> and you'd have had some money in your pocket. Because Steve as Alex right says, again, yes. I know, the newsroom haven't done too badly, lost £6, won four. So if you have a winner today, you might actually have a profit on the week. But as I say, if you'd gone each way yesterday, and I, I tried to persuade most of you boys, mm. and sometimes I'm lucky, and sometimes I'm not, but yesterday, you'd have gone home with a couple of shillings in your pocket. Right. Point so, taken. Point taken, OK. So I brought you in the whiskey mince pie. Ah. But there's very little chance of you having it. I have to <laughs> tell you that. It is like the sort of Damocles. It will be dangled <laughs> over you, but you won't actually be allowed to chomp at it. So you've, you're now, your total losses are sixty-four fifty-eight. I, I resent the your total losses well, bit. Well, so, you've inherited, you yeah. know. It's like I, being married, and then one party disappears with somebody else. You know, it's joint losses on this one. <laughs> it's, I don't care which way you look at it. Alex had Tanura, which came third. So ha! You, yeah, well, all right. But don't forget he had a big winner the other day, so he's yeah. only lost £11.62. Bully for him. <laughs> oh, this is the cynical <laughs> it's attitude. Quite nasty, oh, isn't oh, it? oh, I'm telling you, it, it'll be daggers at dawn yeah, well, with this one. I should insist that you take that sixpence out of that mince pie and don't leave the sixpence. I know, and the threepenny bit, which I've just swallowed inadvertently, <laughs> we'll have to wait for. So the 810 today is where he's gone for his racing tip in Wolverhampton, Monaco, win only. The 810 at Wolverhampton, Monaco, win only. Racing meetings today also at Doncaster, Sandown Park, and Banger. Uh, the newsroom nag, 2.40 at Doncaster, Geordie Land. Geordie Land? Why, eh? Why, eh? Why, eh? Oh, fantastic. Geordie Land. OK. Yeah. OK, we'll keep our fingers crossed. So if, if you have a winner today, you'll have had a profit over the week. Now, you want to go on the nose or each way? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going okay, on the nose. OK, all right. I'm, can't you can't know, tempt them. I'm you confident. can't tempt them. Do you know, sometimes know. some of them went easily. You know, others... They I'd, put, I'm, not, I'm not easy. No, I'd, absolutely. I've read it on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I've started writing it. Listen, we shall find out on Monday. Have a good weekend. And you. Thanks for that. That's Matthew Schofield. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Oh, I tell you, it's hard there. I mean, but a second yesterday, so we're getting ever closer. And thank you to Amy Addison... Oh, it says, my nan, June Curtis, asked me to email you the following information. She listens every morning and knows how much you love Costco and Christmas. Oh. Get I'm getting the wreaths today, June. Getting wreaths. the wreaths today for the oh, door. I know. I'm Why so- are they called wreaths? Why do we put wreaths on the... Uh... To remember the dead? Sorry? Is it to remember the dead? Uh, do you? I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm curious. Why? Because the, the ones at the moment are sort of green and tinsel. And, and they look fantastic. My mum won't have them. She thinks they're terrible. Oh, she said, you've got oh, a wreath on like- your door. Take that down before I come round. Oh, so really? I don't like it. Right, so a reminder I'll, I'll, of death. I'll take a wreath off your Christmas list then. <laughs> no, I love them. Yeah, I, I love always them. have them on my door. You have to take it off when she comes round. In fact, my next-door neighbour had a slightly better one than me last time. Carrie. Yeah. She had little lights in hers <gasps> with a little battery set into it. Oh, so she had this beautiful... Cute. And it was all done in twigs. A bit like a large circular bird's oh, yeah, I've seen... Yes, I'm not ever... Wrapped in holly. Oh. Fresh holly with, okay. with beret. Okay. And white lights that she adjusted depending on the day of the week so they flashed or they did other things how nice uh food and drink sunday afternoon from four michael whale is putting on his chef's hat and takes a look at the best and worst restaurants in london joined by peter hardin who's co-editor of hardin's restaurant guide he'll give you the rundown on where and what you should be eating in london plus he'll be looking at the world of organic food and whether it's worth worth the price we pay so uh michael whale food and drink 
this Sunday from four. Don't forget, Alan Wicker will be joining me on Sunday breakfast. Talk about his new book. Why? Because we love him. Because he is a national treasure. And it's going to be... I've forgotten who our in conversation is now. Oh, it's Brian Capron, the lovely Brian Capron. Boo! Boo! And very shortly it'll be Graham Cole. Okay, so we, we've got them all lined up and Linda LaPlante and uh, that lovely lady Debbie Allen from Fame. I want to live forever. So, Graham, we mentioned Noreen had a birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. She's got Noreen. loads of cards from everybody. Wonderful. Uh, didn't do much, actually, said conserving Brian's energy for the holiday, which luckily coincides with yours. <laughs> That's good news. Ah. Was Alan Wicker wearing a bright striped tie? He was. Very was dapper, wearing that bra- yes. very, I, I said to him, very, very dapper. Uh, joining Nick Ferrari on uh, Breakfast After 7, David Hall, editor of the Alan Titchmarsh Show, will be in to look at the papers. Uh, plus, they're talking about vetting people who work with children. Now, this encompasses tons of people. Magicians already have to um, be, be vetted, vetted. Mm. if they work with children. And that's going to encompass all sorts of people. So, um, in fact, I'm almost assuming by this, ice cream sellers... People who sell ice creams because they're serving children. But How not... many times do you send your child up to the ice cream van? They would have to be vetted. I suppose so, yes. I mean, everybody who works with, with children will have to be vetted. What about if you're, even if you're working in a park as a park keeper I'm with a children's centre nearby? I'm you know, assuming you would, have to be, you would have to be vetted. Yes, because it's all involved with yes. children, isn't it? Yes, anybody who runs a scout group, a cub group, a brownie pack, a girl... Go- anything, all these people... Is it possible to vet everybody? Yeah. It's not possible to vet every single person, is it? Yeah. But you should do. I mean, I've come up with with employing staff that I should have checked out before. Yeah. I didn't, and it's backfired on me. I've had people steal from me. Oh. Really? Yeah. Yes. Quite a considerable sum of money. Dear. Not very nice. And they got away with it. Mm. All that and more with Nick Ferrari after the news at <clears throat> seven this morning. Everybody tried to predict how Darren Brown did it. I can tell you this much. He will show you something this evening on television. It will not be the way he did it. OK? Because it's, it's called... The, the, there's a trick called Magician's Revenge. And it's where you think you know what you're seeing. In fact, what, what it is, it's double bluff. And Darren Brown will never give away how he does any of his things. Like most magicians, they'll actually say to you, Oh, well, it could have been like this. Yes, well, you because you've been daft you. giving something away. Daft giving something away. But you don't want them to tell you either. Because no, the whole the idea is, gone. can you imagine if, if I showed John something spectacular now in the studio and uh, John's little eyes would light up like Belisha Beacons. They would. And, it, and then I said to him afterwards, oh, by the way, I did it like this. What would be the point of that? I wouldn't want to know. Muhammad Ali does. What? Muhammad Ali um, bought tricks years ago and because of his religion, he was forbidden from telling you that he had the power to do this. So he would do something and then say, it, it's like this. And he would show them on, on, on live television. That's he horrid. showed them something because he thought he was being really clever. And then as magicians watched on in horror, he went, actually, it's this. And we went, are you mad? And he went, oh, because of my religion, I can't be allowed to tell you that it's, it's a trick. Then don't do it, then. Don't do it. Because, because it spoils it for every other magician Ruins all it around completely. the world, doesn't Ruins it? it completely. He wants to use that You know, trick. people love to be fooled. You know, it's great that uh, the whole country is, is guessing how Darren Brown did it. To be honest with you, just move on. I mean, have you seen that commercial? It's, I saw it in the cinema when I went to cinema the other day, and it's shown on television, and it's a, it's a strange thing, and it's a, I don't know what it's for. I think it's, it's not Apple or something like that, but it's the man... And he's, everything he puts in his hand changes shape. He goes from a oh, telephone yes, I've seen that. to a pack of yeah. cards to a thing. Now, 
I had a conversation with someone the other night, and I said... It isn't a trick. It's just a model. That's a model, and that's superimposed. It's superimposed, yes. They said, no, no, no. No, it's superimposed. You can't do hand movements like that. It must be some kind of trained magician. No, what it is, it's it's superimposed. It's I not... thought so. Put it this way, you can actually have somebody change something, you know, by doing that, and then change it to something like that. Yeah. You can't change into the things that they've got. It's a fabulous advert. It is great. We say, I love the, the dancing dog who does the Irish dancing, we said yesterday. Yeah. Have you seen oh, that one? yes, I have. Yes, that yes, is yes. the best ever. And then somebody said to me... <laughs> doesn't really do it, Some Steve. killjoy <laughs> somewhere, who I don't want to mention by name, said, it's an animation. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you'll find it's a trained dog. Because we had a hamster that could do the same thing. Admittedly, it was only Scottish country dancing. He, and he only did it when you put the kilt on. He wouldn't do it any other time. So it was a Highland fling, as opposed to an Irish He fling. did used to fling himself against the bars of the cage, and the cat would sit outside looking through, thinking, very soon, dinner. <laughs> very Tom and Jerry. Very, it was very Tom and Jerry. Uh, Sue says, budget for Christmas presents, £15. Pounds? Pounds. What, now assuming. or then? Spent, well, then... Yes. Spent ages looking through the John Myers home shopping catalogue. My mum was also the nut eater many evenings with the sound of crack, crunch, crack. Mm. My mother used to get... She'd sit there and think, for goodness sake, will you stop eating with the nuts? And my birthday is exactly 13 weeks before Christmas. And as a child, it didn't start being mentioned until after then. For weeks after, my mum would find stuff she'd bought and forgotten about. I wrapped one year in October. Every present, I wrapped them. Did you hear? And then I'd forgotten to put labels on. I had to unwrap the whole blooming lot was, and find out what I'd wrapped. How stupid I was always, I? I always do my wrapping mm. on Christmas Eve. Once the sun's gone down. Christmas Eve? Yes, that's when I do my wrapping. Oh. Because you don't give your presents, really, until Christmas Day or maybe Boxing Day, depending on who you I'll sing. get candles. I know you do. Chris and Sharon last year got candles. I'll tell you for why. Don't, don't tell everybody what you buy. People. I bought them candles every year. It's, it's, well, it's, it's a great change. present. They always like candles. They love candles. What's the point of scrubbing around thinking, I'll buy them a kettle, I'll buy them this, I'll buy them that? Buy them candles, they can keep them going as long as they like. Actually, I can't wait for Christmas, because my Joe Malone candle that you bought me two years ago... You've not still got it. It's finally gone. I oh, it's finally gone, it? I the last quarter of an inch. Sold this year's present. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could I have two, please? Different <laughs> two. And I like the lime and basil. Yes, lime, lime basil and mandarin. Oh, it's wonderful. Steve, I'm still impressed by, by Ted Rogers doing the 3-2-1 thingy. Yeah, we can all do that. Yeah, 3-2-1. Yeah, 3-2-1. We can all do it. Ted Rogers... Now, Ted Rogers... Oh, here we go. father... You know he was, was an impressionist? Very famous. Famous. Ted Rogers? I'm sure. Don't think it sure? was. Ted Rogers had something to do with Susan Stranks, who used to be on Magpie. Relative, related uncles do, do, or whatever. Do. It's a bit dusty bin, this, isn't it? Now, you said council house. Well, take the sea out of council <laughs> house. That spells crustacean. <laughs> take the crustacean out of the ocean. Yes, we're going to give you a crab. And, th and that was, and you go, well, how on earth do you work this thing out? Have you ever seen the dusty bin things? I thought it was something even funnier <laughs> then, actually, but I thought, I can't use it. <laughs> and you think, how they work these things out on dusty bin? OK, you're standing on a studio floor. Take the word studio, take the O off the end of that, and that spells over there. Over there are people sitting in seats. Take the third woman in. Her grandmother's called Mavis. We're going to give you a sex change. <laughs> and you think... <laughs> but that was how do they do I used that? to sit there with Dusty Bin thinking, you're balmy. And, and who creates it? Somebody writes all that. It was a foreign um, show format, as indeed most of these quizzes are. Yeah. And then they adapt them for different countries. Oh, Did you see, um... Tommy... Oh, sorry, I've just heard a terrible sad story about oh. the ice cream man who was found lying on the floor of his van, covered with hundreds and thousands. Police say he topped himself. 
So it's an old one, but it's worth repeating. That's quite funny. Did you oh, see, we could take a break. What? You didn't see Anne Robinson last night on... Um... She won't be seen with the thin girl on there. you Anne is so old and bloated... And that Botox. she says And Botox, that she now can't, can't wink. She looked 14 years of age yes. last night. And they ha- they've got this other girl on there, Anila, I think. Yes. And never in the same shot. Never in the same shot. You know why? <laughs> Anila is like three stone, mm. and Anne is like bigger. Three and a half stone. Bigger. And so she said, don't put her anywhere near me. Short break. Quarter to seven. With the headlines, Matthew Schofield. Scotland Yard submitted it's preparing for potential. Right. Sunday is Grandparents' Day. And to celebrate, LBC 97.3 and the National Theatre's War Horse are giving you the chance to win a family ticket to see this critically acclaimed production. War Horse is on at the New London Theatre, Drury Lane. The production uses life-like and life-size puppets. The show appeals to people of all ages, from 10 to 90. So you could take the family to see this great production. All you have to do, make sure you're listening to The Barnet... Today, from one, which is Friday, on LBC 97.3. It's a great show. Go and see it. You won't, it'll make you laugh, make, make you cry. Fabulous which is, show. Which is good. I a lot cried. of people are saying, oh, good, you talk to yourself. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I don't so. Oh, yes, you do. Well, I do a little bit. You do a lot. I do- <laughs> You're lonely. <laughs> you live alone. Who else is there to talk to? The wall? Uh, John, that was Ted Ray. Ted Ray. Yeah, but I don't think he's the... Father of? Father of. No? No, I'm sure he's pretty well not. He's definitely something to do with Susan Strengths from Magpie or whatever, whatever. Are you sure? Yeah, something, someone, it's all linked, the rays or whatever. I'm not totally convinced by that. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Very quickly here, uh, Brad, listening from Canada, just found your programme online the other day. Good. See, it takes ages for people to find it. It does, but once you do... As soon as you find it, you won't, you won't want to move the it's dial. It's like glue, it sticks. The weekday lottery draw always gets drawn at 10.35, apparently. At night. Yeah, apparently so. That's it. Never used to. I, I think, because you and I are going on the fact that it's the, it's the Saturday lottery and it's yeah. 8 o'clock or something. Front page of the Daily Star today, mm. uh, Danny Minogue faces the sack after slagging off Sunita. Oh, it's just... It's just, they're, they're just building this up. It's, it's something it's and nothing. It's the start of the, the X Factor, which I have... I am enjoying it. Yes, I do watch it because uh, it's all the bewildered. I do like it. And I like the new format because it's not as messy and yeah. you can fast forward quicker through the rubbishy bits. But the wonderful Welsh girl this week, did you see the girl that no. sang the Whitney Houston song? No. Oh, she was wonderful. I think I missed that bit. I must That's have fallen very, asleep. very, very good. In fact, talking of X Factor, which is coming up this weekend, I went to see uh, Dream Boats and Petticoats. Oh, right, yes, on Monday, the, uh, at the Savoy Theatre. Yeah. Yes. And Scott is in there. Yes. Who was... In X Factor last year, he was the red coat boy right, yeah. that got thrown out oh, uh, right. quite early. Yeah. And he wasn't bad, but wasn't it, bad. I tell you, you'd love the songs. You couldn't help but love the songs. The audience were of a certain age, but they'd have to be because the young people wouldn't know the songs. Right, it was They're... a Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow and, um, you know, I'm Only 16 and all those sort of things. <laughs> yeah, Run so Around if, Soon, The dreams. Locomotion. Only 16. I'm only 16 and a half, actually. Yeah. But there was a girl she in there. She was only 16. Craig Douglas. Only sixteen. Wonderful song. But and my favourite is to know me is to, to know, 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 to know, him. know, know him. Is to love, love, love him. him. The Andrew sisters and live, ladies and gentlemen. Do. Anyway, Daisy Wood Davis. <laughs> she is in the cast. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. One to watch. Yeah. I'm not sure about the others. They weren't absolutely fantastic. Right. It's but it is a good show if you want to go and see it. But take your nan. Take She'll your love all the songs. Sure, my nan a bit delighted to be dug up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on and now, mine. we're off to the theatre. Come just, on. We could just go there with two urns. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, it's not as far-fetched as you think it <laughs> is nowadays. All sorts of things. Uh, I did mention at the beginning of the programme, delighted that Charlotte Church's ex-boyfriend has been jailed for 12 years. So, good old Kyle, well done Kyle, turning out to be the biggest fool that we ever thought you were. And uh, JLS 
apparently, were dining in a posh restaurant the other night. Isn't it sad? You're in a group and you've all got to go out together. Yeah, well, they have <gasps> to be seen How together. naff is that? <clears throat> but apparently they, they, they spotted a girl celebrating her, celebrating her birthday. Mm. So what did they do? Cover her with £50 notes? No, they went and sung to the poor girl. How embarrassing. I'm sitting here. So who are you? We are jealous. <laughs> They're quite a big group, though, now. Sorry? Well, they were number one. Yeah, nice to hear them singing live, actually. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and they, they do harmony, don't they? So that probably sounded quite yeah. good for them. Mm. Uh, Preston is the latest star to wax lyrical about Peter Andre. The former ordinary boy singer says, I met Peter in Boots, the chemist. He seemed very nice. <laughs> still trying to flog that old horse, Preston, <laughs> called a career, are you? It's not happening. So boots, evil. the chemist. Imagine. Good heavens above. Peter Andre in Boots. Like what was he buying? Who knows? Paracetamol. Sorry, Pat, yeah. <laughs> and Beatlemania is back. The, fi- the Fab Four... four. Sorry, with five Fab Four albums set to rocket into the top 20. Amazing. And, you know, I was thinking mm. about the Beatles. And I know you're a big fan of the Beatles. Huge fan. And Yesterday. But uh, if I she said... She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, here we go, then. Help. Sorry? Next line. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. All right, don't push it. <laughs> Sorry. I know... Knew the, that's the only song in the world that I know all the words to. And, and I did... Lovely meter. I was talking Peter to myself... Made. Ah, uh, but yeah, but not She Loves You is the best one, isn't it? It is, yeah. Bling, She Loves You, yeah, yeah. It was so simple when you think about it, and yet the pleasure that I derived from that, ladies and gentlemen, it's, over the years. The, that wasn't their first, their first song was, you're good at this. Oh, uh, um, was it Love Me Do? Love, love, love me, me do, do. I you know I love you. you. And Sorry about the vocal harmonies, <laughs> went a little bit off there, I'm afraid. But I help to is, kill a career. Help is brilliant. Because that's brilliant. when they yeah. really got sort of like, really, really good. Yeah. There's quite a lot of programmes Victor on... Victor Spinetti would be lying there going... Listen, boys, <clears throat> don't sing the songs, please. Leave it to the Welsh. Leave it to the Welsh. Leave it and sing. Sophie Reid was out on the town last night. Sophie Reid? Who's she? You don't know Sophie no. Reid? She's hugely famous. Who is she? You don't know hugely who she is? Hugely famous of what? Did she disco- rediscover penicillin? No, she didn't. She, uh, she went out to a nightclub. Oh, what? Mahika? And fell out of it? No, she went out to Studio Valbon. And mm. the reason she went there is because she won Big Brother. Although, to be honest with you, she looks like any other bleach blonde thing standing on a street corner. But nobody knows who nobody she knows is. Nobody knows who she is, Because only, only seven people watched that programme and they were in the gallery. Yeah. Conducting the cameras. It's, it's ridiculous. And they go out to a nightclub and this apparently... Sorry, Sophie Reed's here. And you can imagine the photographer's going, who is she? And somebody goes, she won Big Brother. Oh, better take a picture anyway. Yeah. In case she gets run over as she walks out of the club or something. But in the old days, when they won Big Brother, huh. yeah. they would appear everywhere. They would be in every single newspaper, front page, inside. They'd be in every nightclub. They used to get paid to what turn they up. Do, yeah, I mean, what, what they do now is that they have to sort of get their five minutes of fame over and done with as quick as possible. Because sadly, what they don't do in the Big Brother house is try and make a career for themselves. Not one of them. No. Alex Sibley made a career. And because I, he stood and sang, so he managed to get an advert out. And, Alex yeah, is great. I clever. like Alex very, very much. Yeah. And uh, quite other Richard's doing very well. Remember Richard, the, the, the bald guy who, who he didn't win, mm. but he was one of the contestants. He, he's doing lots and lots of stuff. He's doing DJing and things like that. Mm. And the, the guy that won originally... Craig. Craig. Yeah. He turns up on television, but as a handyman. The, yeah. Well, that's what his, his trade was before. Exactly. So he's a, using yeah. the two together. Strangely enough, the, uh, the slob mum... And I use the term in its literal sense, whose hellboy sons tortured and half-killed two youngsters, is apparently, on the, for the last five months, on a luxury seaside holiday, oh, yeah. paid for by the taxpayer, because she's been whisked away from her council house amid fears for her safety. This is the dope-smoking, vile piece of work. It's costing us, so far, five grand to keep her. It's outrageous, And the son have gone... You're paying for this hellboy's mother a boozy five-month holiday. 
I tell you, hanging, ladies and gentlemen, hanging. And how old is Daniela Westbrook? She's looking about 90. I thought she was about 56, 57 last night. She's apparently early 30s. In fact, she, at Barbara Windsor, Mm. looked... Better, better than she I know. did. She looked fantastic, Barbara, yeah. last night. I know. And she was lent over, which is not a good way to be shot. R- talking to Dan, to Dan, what's her name? Daniela, Daniela Westbrook. Daniela Westbrook. Yeah. And I thought, oh, Daniela, you really, really don't look good at all, darling. Yeah. You really need to do something with yourself. Yes, like get off East End. Yes, <laughs> get well. I'm just so much easier. Money or whatever. And uh, a hopeless romantic who spent thirty-one years looking for Mister Wright reckons she's finally found him. This is her sixth. Husband, ladies and gentlemen. Six. Here she is, poor old Rosemary's Cheney Cridge. She's had five previous marriages, last between 18 months and 10 years, and now she reckons this one is Mr Wright. Oh, please. Yeah, right. And we okay. shouldn't forget that today is the 11th of September. Yes. And the atrocities happened eight years ago. I know, the eight-year bit does, doesn't eight sit with years me at all. And I was on air that time. day on LBC. Yes, you were on air. Yes, we yeah. were on air. And we I were the ones on, that broke the news. And I was on Channel 5 and I covered it for two days and then went six months later to see how New York had recovered. Yeah, Nick Ferrari uh, will be talking about that after the news. So he'll be here with his uh, guests. I must just mention very quickly the Samsung 50-inch plasma. This is the fastest read you'll ever hear in your entire life. It looks great. It's HD ready. Freeview digital built in. Great picture quality. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence. Nobody else makes bids in by 6pm today. Text LBC. Followed by your bid in pence. Send that to treble eight two one. LBC. Your bid in pence. Treble eight two one. Bid will cost pound fifty. Standard network rate. Lines close 6pm today. Must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Graham Cole. Have a very good day, your last day at the bill. You have a good day and we'll talk very, very soon. Lots of love to you and the family. Uh, John, you're back with us. Soon. Soon. <laughs> Not so sure when, but soon. so cold in here this morning. <laughs> Luckily, we talked about Christmas, so that cheered us all up. Read about it on the blog. Check out the podcast. Don't forget, Alan Wicker will join me on Sunday on Breakfast. And uh, Brian Capron, boo, boo, will be joining us for In Conversation. And you'll so, have Darren doing the gadgets. Darren will do the gadgets and it'll be absolutely fantastic. OK, so that's uh, Sunday after the news, which is next on LBC 97.3, the award-winning breakfast show with Nick Ferrari. The Lexus IS SEI comes with...